Hello and happy Independence Day to our American listeners as we set off an explosive 255th episode of the Extravaganza podcast. I'm Tom, and I'm joined tonight by my co-host Brian for a discussion on voting with our dollars, which seems appropriate given that we in the U.S. are celebrating the occasion of having voted with something decidedly other than dollars. What's up, man? Not a whole lot this week. Kind of on vacation, kind of not doing much. Just uh, getting ready to enjoy the fireworks. I actually really like pulling shit up. (laughs) Honestly, I think that... uh, yeah, that's an American obsession. Hence the 4th of July being celebrated. It has nothing to do with our independence anymore, right? We just like to blow shit up. Right, I mean, I'm, I'm all right with, like, you know, condescending to guns or whatever, but, like, actual, like, explosions, I'm all over it. <laughs> yeah, nice. Uh, funny thing, up here where I am in Washington, there are a lot of little stands going up, and I'm hearing a lot of explosive fireworks going off. So, uh, unlike... My native state of Florida, Brian, where you still are, I think up here, I can actually get like explosive and incendiary fireworks at these roadside stands. Nice. Florida, they still limit that in Florida, right? Like you only get certain things. They, they changed the rules recently. I think it's l- legal to sell here now, but not legal to ignite, which <laughs> is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. That, yeah, that makes some kind of strange sense. Right. I guess... That's one of those like legal to be a prostitute, but not hire a prostitute (laughs) type of regulations. (laughs) Anyway, uh, you did indicate that you haven't been up to much as you were relaxing and chilling on vacation, but nevertheless, I must uh, force you to engage in an update for our audience because they are waiting with bated breath to know what we've been up to. That must mean it is time for our Geekly Weekly, Weekly Geekly Update. Go ahead and take it away, Brian. So it it is the summer, and I think they do this just for the summer, but maybe it's year-round. Apparently Tuesdays are, like, the slowest days ever at, like, all movie theaters across the world. So I've been going to, like, Tuesday half-off specials. And just, I mean, I'm not even, I don't even give a shit what I watch. Next movie. And, um... (laughs) God, I I somehow wound up in forty seven meters down. What? Have what you not th- heard of that? Wait, is that the Shark Cage movie? It's the Shark movie, right? Right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, dare I ask? <laughs> I, Tom, it is so bad. They actually use the fucking Jaws music. No, what? It's it's almost like Vanilla Ice instead of dan it, dan it, dan it. They just throw in an extra like dan it, dan, dan. Like it is so horrible. Oh my god! Oh my god! And honestly, I was kind of looking forward to it because I just had this like this concept of where they could go. So basically. They're in one of those shark cages, the cable breaks, and they sink to the bottom. Well, I mean, not the bottom, but, like, the bottom of where they are. They're on a shelf, and it's 47 meters of, like, shark-infested waters. And, of course, being divers, they can't just rocket to the top because they'd get bends and die. (laughs) So I thought they were going to do this, like, we're fucked. How do you want to die? 
Like, do you want to stay on the bottom and run out of air? Do you want to get eaten by a shark? Or do you want to ascend and just let your brain, brain burst and it'll be painless? <laughs> I thought you it thought. was actually going to be an interesting movie. And no, it was shark jump scares and really bad bass lines. And <laughs> God. that's lame. Yeah, that could have been like one of those no win situations. You know, how are we going to get how are we going to get out of this? Yeah. But it sounds oh. like the movie was a no win situation instead. <laughs> There's like, I, I mean, I put that right up there with uh, what was it called? Ho- Ho- Holly does Hollywood. That really shitty uh, animated film from like the 90s. Hollywood, if she could. Oh, what? <laughs> I've never even heard of that. <laughs> I can't remember the name of it. it. It was like Kim Basinger animated. Oh. Uh, glad I missed that one. <laughs> oh, my God. It was bad. So, question. They're diving, right? They're like divers trapped under sharks, right? Like who are swimming above, menacing? They're tourists in Mexico. And for reasons that no Mexican tourist would ever agree to, they just decide to go on some like fucking salvaged tuna boat that happens to have like a chain link uh, shark cage. (laughs) And it's like a fucking bicycle chain, like holding it up. (laughs) (laughs) No one would have gotten in that thing. (laughs) So they're trapped. How are they communicating? Like how is their dialogue delivered? They have like communicators in their masks or something. Uh, yeah, um, so their mask only cover their face, so it doesn't cover their ears, but they can hear each other speak through speakers. What? Like underwater? Underwater, yeah. And the captain on the boat has like a, you know, like a CB or whatever, and he can speak through their speakers that don't cover their ears, but they can still hear it. Uh, Which should tell you a lot about the rest of the movie. Wow. And he can't like start the boat engine to scare the sharks away or something he sends like help so like you know his brave first mate or whatever like dives into the water with a knife in his teeth immediately gets fucking eaten (laughs) i don't even know why they included that (laughs) i honestly to god i don't think the guy even appears on screen they just show his like corpse like floating (laughs) (laughs) wow that sounds terrible. And, and so you you got like a half price ticket though. Was that still not worth it? No, no. Cause half price is still like 10 bucks. I mean, <laughs> I think it was worth it. Just, just so I got to hear about this terrible movie. Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus, dude. I, I really, I, I, you know what? I, I have no respect for this movie. I'm, I'm going to spoil it. Like they did something that I, I, it, it it angered me. It angered me. So they're on the bottom. They're running out of air. He tells them, like, you're going to get, what's it called? Oh, I can't remember what he says. There's a term for it. If you have too much nitrogen in your system, you go loopy. You, like, you hallucinate. Oh, okay. It's like hypoxia or something like that or... Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Okay. So he tells him, like, be very careful, you know, try not to hyperventilate. I understand your stress, but it's just adding to that, blah, 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 blah. Don't do that. (laughs) And then, like, half an hour later, 
like th- they decide like our air is running out we have to make a break for it so they just like burst out of the sh- uh, the cage and just swim for it swim swim our flares will scare off the sharks and they swim for the surface and then like they actually included this which i thought was just crazy in these shark infested waters they just like all right well we're at 17 meters we better stop here or otherwise we're going to get the bins let's just hang here for 5 minutes <laughs> Hey sharks, you understand we have to, right? Don't don't cheat. <laughs> and the sharks just like didn't come near them while they were right. like. The sharks just like, all right, man, five minutes. You you got five minutes, not a second longer. <laughs> they could have negotiated this right away. They didn't have to like have this whole movie. They could have just been like, sharks, listen, you know, we have to ascend in an orderly fashion. Fair's fair. Okay. They wait their five minutes. The sharks attack. They swim for it. They they. The, the boat throws the uh, the little safety uh, ring out, lassos them, pulls them in, saves them. And then she realizes, oh, fuck, I have hyplexia. I'm hallucinating. I'm still on the bottom. Rewind the movie half an hour. Oh, no. Oh, like, God. Like, what the fuck? Like, why, you, why, why would you do that to your audience? Uh, so it had this, like, whatever, this conclusion. And then, nope, psych. <laughs> we were still watching this. Oh. <laughs> oh God. Terrible. Oh, that is terrible. God. Wait, is that does it end with them at the bottom or do they actually make it out? At the end? No, then they know. do another exciting escape scene. <laughs> I guess they just couldn't pick an ending, so they decided to do both. Oh, 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 that's that's brilliant. That's brilliant. A lot of movies should do that. No, no, we dreamed the first ending. Or did we? Yeah. Wow. I'm sure in the sequel, one of the sharks will have dreamed their uh, escape. We're still <laughs> 50 meters down. Oh my gosh, where where do I sign up for for this movie? I mean, I, I got to I'm assuming it's playing at all major theaters. Uh, it was last week. I'm not so sure it'll get re up for this one, man. <laughs> Damn. Mm, so it doesn't necessarily get a recommendation unless it's like what for bad movie night and you have it on disc or something. I I mean. Knowing that it's a flop, I guess it could be entertaining, like like hurling popcorn at the screen and laughing with your buddies. So yeah, crappy movie night maybe, but get seventy five percent off instead of fifty. <laughs> <laughs> awesome man, that sounds like a great way to spend your vacation. Checking out some uh, some cut rate, <laughs> cut rate, cut rate movies. Oh. Um, a much better way is the only other thing I've been doing. This week, there's a, a new Pokemon Go patch. Oh. And they, they, they just completely revamped all of the uh, the Pokemon gyms. And, like, there's, like, a raid system now. So, like, it'll tell you, like, like there's a raid going to start in an hour here. And you can, like, you know, go and gather and all that kind of stuff. And uh, it's every bit as annoying as trying to get friends together for, like, an MMO raid. Except in real life. <laughs> So I kind of love it. So you potentially could converge at a scene with a bunch of strangers or yeah. is that how that would work? Oh my. Yep. Ooh. You get your little map and you can see where they're going to be and you know when they start, like, you know, oh, 30 minutes for that one. You call all your friends. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm not sure about, uh, I'm not sure about like if my friends would show up, be one thing, but to go there and then like meet some of the other uh, Pokemon playing individuals. In this area, at least, it's it's mostly like you see their cars parked, 
and you you recognize the uh, familiar glow of Pokemon Go. Oh right, yeah, nobody <laughs> talk to anybody. <laughs> That's right. I forgot it's South Florida where like anything that would normally be done on foot is done in a car. <laughs> yeah. So I actually remember when Pokemon Go was big, I would see people walking around up here. And then when I got back down there, I saw people driving around. Like people would like creep past the little forest behind my house. Yeah. What are, what are they doing? They're picking up Pokemon. But that's actually really fun, man. You know, if you used to play and don't anymore, I I would say check it out because the gyms are totally different now, and they're very. I mean, I hate to say this, like, I hate to say they're casual friendly, but they're they're pretty. Like, you don't have to spend a, a billion hours leveling your Charizard to actually be able to do something now. Kind of oh. nice. I'm, I'm sure they'll change that soon, so I'm going to enjoy it while I can. All right. Well, enjoy it, and uh, I'm going to recommend the creators of 47 Meters Down that they introduce some kind of exclusive water Pokemon experience if you go see the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's only, sounds like the only way to save that one. You know, I, I at least, yeah, I would have had a Pokemon afterwards instead of just Night Terrors. <laughs> It only appears when the credits roll, though. Like, they only open up the uh, beacon or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So you have to sit through the whole movie. (laughs) And credits. Speaking of movies, you you had to have seen uh, Transformer. No, I have not. You know, it turns out (laughs) my companion is not as keen on seeing that or on enduring my normal, like, Transformer movie marathon before before seeing a new (laughs) sequel. (laughs) So I have... I've pitched it a few times. Well, at least you know she's sane. <laughs> yeah, uh, or, or she and yeah, the rest of the world are, uh, is insane, and I'm the sane person. <laughs> um, at some point, I will, uh, of course, go through my usual Transformers marathon and uh, then go on and see the new movie. I've seen, like, I tried to avoid the trailer so it doesn't get spoiled, but I've seen, I think, Prime, like, kicking Bumblebee's ass and stuff. Um, that looks promising. Uh, I think he's like evil or he's like co-opted by some like evil uh, force from ancient Cybertron or some crap. So I don't know. That's just what I'm gathering from the trailer. Uh, I'm looking forward to it so much. You you didn't, not even for half price uh, movie, you haven't gotten to see that? Uh, I might like in the future. Like I had not run that low on movies quite yet. (laughs) You're going to go back for 40, uh, a second showing of 47 meters down first to see if it's I, I would watch Transformers before I would watch that crap. So. Ooh, wow. That's saying a lot. Yeah, I haven't seen Transformers yet. And uh, shockingly, I haven't. It wasn't at my being featured at my uh, local sci-fi specialty movie theater for some reason. But uh, maybe I'll check that out this weekend. I'll report back. It would definitely be an experience if I get the companion to suffer through the mall with me. <laughs> Thanks for the tip. That may, that may be in next week's update, but... Uh, if you don't have any more updates, I might, well, well, I guess it, we moved on to my update. Do you have anything else? Yeah, we're on yours. No, I'm good. Okay, cool. But uh, let's see. Apart from not seeing Transformers, what else have I been up to? Uh, I have actually, on, on the home automation front, everything's integrated. We have like smart gadgets and like then we have the Amazon Alexa voice control for everything. And I'm trying to get it all to work together, the lights, the whole nine yards. I, I, I've mentioned this probably ad nauseum at this point, right? You you have mentioned it, yes. Well, I finally got the last piece of the puzzle together and I got the washer and dryer like wired up. It was It's just like this 
they don't really explain to you the timing of things. Like you only have a certain interval to get certain things turned on. Like, like basically you have to add the washer in one Samsung app called smart home. Then once it's registered in their database and on their server, you can then add it to smart things, which is what integrates to with, to the Amazon device. It lets me do the voice control stuff, right? Very convoluted. I know, but their instructions tell you, you know, put the thing in, in like discovery mode basically, and then scan for it. That's not what you have to do. You have to, the washer or dryer has to be running a cycle. (laughs) And during that, without it being in like, you know, uh, discovery mode or, or control mode, you have to then search for it. And then it will go smart things. will consult the smart home database and say, oh yes, you do have a washer. Then within a certain period of time, you have to hit the sync button to get it like discoverable, then it will add it. <laughs> but I, it took me, if that sounds convoluted, it took me like 50 tries to finally get this stupid thing working. <laughs> but I finally did. <laughs> um, I hate to say, like, I'm like a tech guy with a high tolerance for like, like kludginess and <laughs> things not being absolutely precise. If they want wide adoption, this stuff has to be like one click. And, and no BS, you know what I mean? Um, they need like a sync cable or something. Just they need some way to make this super easier. I don't see this stuff being widely adopted. But yeah, so now I, while my laundry is running, I can ask my Alexa device <laughs> how much time is left on it and that sort of thing. That's it. <laughs> that's about all. That's about all I get out of all that effort. I guess I have to do that for security, right? Like. I mean, I mean, yeah, like it has to be linked to your account. There has to be a secure link. I totally get that. But they need a way to like, they basically need the steps to be easier to follow. Like the application needs to say like, you know, you should see the following light now on your device. You know, they need to walk you through it a little more clearly because it wasn't worded in a way that I found it intuitive. They need to make a YouTube video. Yeah, they should show somebody... They should do a YouTube video with somebody doing the thing and then people will kind of get it more. You're, you're, people would get it a little more readily and it would be a, a better user experience. I know I would have benefited. Bleeding edge, Tom. <laughs> exactly. That's me. Mind you, yeah, the next generation one will be like, just wave your phone near the device and it'll register it for you. It'll have some like awesome thing like that and I will have jumped the gun again. But let's see, apart from that, which took a surprisingly more time to describe than I thought. <laughs> I actually have been uh, playing video games again and I was contemplating what game to play next. And I thought, you know, I want to actually tear through some more games in reasonable time. So I'm finally playing 2013's Xbox one hit uh, Tomb Raider. And uh, that wasn't an exclusive. That was a cross platform, I believe, but uh, it's, it's good. It's good. You can tell that they definitely like the Tomb Raider people definitely looked at the uncharted series on the PlayStation and were like, Whoa, you know, this was our genre originally. Let's borrow the best from that and then try to improve on it. And uh, I won't say they improved on Uncharted, but they definitely seem to have made a game that would stand toe-to-toe with it. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, the only, I guess, negatives I could say, and by now probably everybody's played it, so they know this, but it shows its age a little. The graphics aren't stunning. It's got a lot of quick time events <laughs> from back when that was still an acceptable uh, mode of play in too many games. And uh, 
as my companion uh, pointed out in watching me play, like Lara Croft is like a badass. You know, she's like a good character. She she does very well, but she's super whiny. <laughs> she's like, oh, ow, uh. she seems a little damselly, I guess, in her emoting. But I pointed out that the Nathan Drake, the the guy from Uncharted is also very emotive, like a lot of grunting and ow and oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, that kind of stuff. So I guess that's just needed for the game, right? That's like user feedback in a way. Yeah, and like, she's not like a Kratos or something, you know, some stone cold killer. She's a friggin' scientist who suddenly, who's been trained, you you know, in her background, she's been trained to like fend for herself. So she does have like self-defense skills and weapon use skills and all this stuff. But suddenly she's in this like, whoa, what is this, you know, what the hell's going on here situation? And I think she's reacting appropriately. But my companion found her to be a little too whiny and (laughs) ouchy. (laughs) So that's that. But yeah, good game. And uh, when I finish this, I will move on to 2015's hit, Rise of the Tomb Raider, which is the sequel. I was worried by the title that that was going to be a prequel, which I'm not a huge fan of. But no, it is actually a proper sequel to this one. So... uh, and then there's rumor of a third one coming out. So maybe I'll be current on a game series again. Wow. Yeah. And then after that, maybe I'll move on to Final Fantasy 15. <laughs> Your favorite and mine, Brian. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I just didn't want to commit to that right now because I know it's going to be a quite an investment of time. So we'll see. But yeah, I'll report back on how Tomb Raider goes and if I've begun Rise by next week, how that game is going as well. And I think that's pretty much it for, for my update and yours. And with our intrepid reporter Cam being gone, I guess we will skip new extravaganza again. It just, again, as I mentioned, it, it just feels wrong doing it without him here. I feel like we'd be scooping him, <laughs> so to speak. So uh, yeah, I guess we can just move on to tonight's topic. Which we kind of had to shoehorn it in to fit the... <laughs> independence day theme of the show a little uh but one of the rights we cherish here in the united states is our right to vote a right enjoyed in no other country we're told <laughs> kidding we, we know that at least two other countries allow voting guys just don't take me seriously on that audience but uh speaking of voting we got to talking earlier about some what would, what would you call them? Abusive or consumer unfriendly practices and, and kind of voting with our dollars against them, Brian? I, I would absolutely call it abusive. Yeah. I mean, there, this is way beyond unfriendly. Pre-ordering is unfriendly. Right. Uh, artificial scarcity and, and the like, that is just, yeah, kind of abusive of your customers. So to kind of direct the conversation, I guess we could talk about some, some more egregious examples and, and why we think that you should vote with your dollars against them. And I'll go first because we were mentioning this earlier. I don't think I even mentioned it during my update because it's become almost routine to me every year to get tickets to PAX, the big video game con here in Seattle, open to the public, et cetera. But I did. I got my uh, notification. You know, the, the Twitter basically texts me whenever they tweet anything. And within 30 seconds, I was in the queue. I'll say 30 seconds, maybe within a minute, but fairly quickly I was in the queue you, you're, and you're put in this online queue to obtain tickets and it's a f- uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday event, Saturday tickets sold out and Sunday tickets sold out while I was in the queue and I was able to snag Friday and Monday tickets. And honestly, man, like that's fine because I find it to be a little packed for my liking 
listeners will recall that I complained about cons being a little too crowded for my taste. But it's not really that to which I object. It's the fact that a percentage of those tickets, and the PAX folks will tell you, no, no, it's only a small percentage. But regardless, a percentage of those tickets are landing in the hands of people who are buying them for no other purpose than to turn around and mark them up and scalp them and screw people over who want to attend this event. And that sucks. So you can probably guess what my vote is dollar-wise, Brian. Do not buy from scalpers. Yep. I take it that's your personal policy as well. Yeah, yeah, it, it is in 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 way more things than con tickets or concert tickets or any kind of tickets. Like I I cannot stand people who just snap up like all the quote unquote rare items and and sell them on eBay or dude con exclusives you know San Diego Comic Con exclusive cover of this comic book. Only available at the show or eBay 30 seconds later. <laughs> yeah. It drives me nuts, man. Just don't buy them. It, it is, it's shitty. And, and I, I guess, you know, it's capitalism to an extent, but it it's just shitty behavior for, for fans to engage in, to, to kind of screw over other fans. You know what I mean? For the sake of a few bucks. I mean, I think capitalism is exactly what it is, but capitalism is like a negotiation. Like, they won't charge that if they can't get it. So just don't pay it and it won't be as expensive. Like no comic book is worth a hundred dollars. Right. <laughs> right. Agreed. Agreed. You could get that comic book for three ninety nine with a different cover at any store, any comic book store in the nation. Don't pay a hundred dollars for, for that one cover. It's crazy. And it, it, it started out a little while ago and it's getting worse and it's only going to get worse. It, it's got to stop somewhere. Yeah. And this is, this is speaking right now, just of like things like con exclusives. And in a moment we'll get into like actual manufacturers causing this problem by <laughs> through other means, but well, you know, at least packs, like you could not have 500,000 people in the center. Sure. Sure. That that is something that needs to be scarce. Yeah, it, it can't help but be. And, and to their credit, they have they are now up to four, wait, three shows in the U.S. and one in Australia. And I wouldn't be surprised if they don't announce a few more. I mean, they have tried to meet demand by opening up more shows. So yeah, like I don't really blame them so much as I blame the scalpers, though, right? Like the, it's already a problem. Everybody wants to go, not everybody can go, and you're exacerbating the problem to make a few bucks, and that's just absolutely shitty right yeah and like like i mean I'm, I'm just repeating myself i guess but they only do it because you buy the tickets stop buying the tickets man right like I, I wasn't savvy enough to score tickets the first couple times i went and i did i will confess buy from scalpers but i would pay like i voted with my dollars then like i'll, I'll pay a markup to an extent but these were like I don't know what it was, $35, $45 tickets. And there was one guy asking like $120 for a Saturday ticket. And I was like, there's, I just looked at him in the eye. I'm like, there's no way I will pay that much money for something you shouldn't even have. (laughs) And he got pissed at me and I just like walked away. But yeah, so don't buy from scalpers. That's kind of takeaway one we want to impart during this episode. And then here's another one. And I guess this is another scalping situation, but you mentioned the exclusive comics and, and that sort of thing. I've been recently, well, last year I was at PAX and then I was at Star Wars Celebration. 
There was merchandise you could buy at Celebration. There was free stuff you could get at PAX if you ran full sprint to the booth, like the moment the show opened and you like stood in line to get this crap two hours before the show opened. Like that's how scarce it was. In both cases, in the case of PAX, you had free like Final Fantasy limited edition shirts ending up on eBay during the convention. And you had, in the case of Star Wars Celebration, you know, you had to queue up to buy things at all these booths. Stuff was on sale like that day, you know, online on eBay, et cetera. And in some cases, and this was the worst, once it was sold out, you could find it for sale at other merchants' booths, like at smaller, you know, comic shop booths or whatever. They would go send somebody to buy it and then they would put it for sale at a huge markup at the exact same show. Uh, Once that becomes more popular, I think, they're just going to get kicked out. Like, no, I'm sorry. That's against our rules. You have to just take your shit and leave now. I think it should be. Honestly, I do. And I also think like, I don't know how you would do it, but there should be like a way to like identify, I guess there'd be no way to keep you from eBaying it later. But yeah, I was going to say there should be a way to like, I don't, I don't know it without giving you a serial number or something, how, how you could even enforce this. But there, I wish there was a way to stop resale of these things. Um, and again, it's not like somebody clearing out their garage after years. They go there, they get in line, they take an opportunity to buy these items from people that want them for themselves so that they can then mark them up and turn around and sell them, you know, at a profit of their own. Again, I will, I'll echo what you just said. Don't do it. Just do not do it. Just live without so, the item. This this is like 50% current topic and 50% the next thing we're getting into. So I'll bring it up now. Um, I mentioned, you know, SDCC exclusive cover and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if people realize that that's absolute bullshit. Like comic book stores will have that. They will have those covers. Oh, really? Or worst case scenario, just go to that vendor at another con and they will have overstock. And even Ah. if they sell out at San Diego... There's some that didn't get that didn't arrive on time, that didn't get displayed. The guy was using for a stool. <laughs> right. There's always something. So it's a perceived scarcity in that case that's not even real. Yes, it may be rare, but you don't have to pay like 10 times what it's worth to get it. Right. <laughs> You don't let's, have let's to remember at the end of the day, it's a fucking comic book. They used to be like 12 cents. <laughs> right, right. And honestly, I think that's the thing that bothers me. Like, so of course, some people tell you, well, if it's worth it to you and you have the money, why not? It, it's that you're rewarding the bad behavior. And the bad behavior is this person, this calculating person buying this thing just to make money. But I think like it, it becomes detrimental to even people who can't afford it because now like they have to do that every single time. Like I'm sure this started off innocently. God, I really like that cover. All right, I'll pay twice. And now like companies are intentionally releasing a one in twenty five hundred cover and it's eighty nine ninety nine the you know, from the vendor and well, I have it. Well, get used to paying eighty nine ninety nine for a comic book, then, dude, because that's the new price point. Right. So, and now we're moving into like kind of the third aspect here, which is the producers themselves, like limiting production, and like, yeah, 
there's a special edition, there's a super rare edition, there's an XYZ edition, and it's going to cost a fortune and you better pay. <laughs> and I have mixed feelings here. Like if it's like, in the case of a video game, okay, you buy the video game, it's $60. Okay. You buy the video game and you want a statue, it's $70. All right. You buy the video game and, you know, you it's a statue and like a helmet or something. It's $105. But dude, it's not even that anymore. Now you go and you buy the video game and it's 60 bucks. And the first question is out of their mouth. Well, do you want the whole video game? <laughs> right. Exactly. You buy the season pass. Exactly. Exactly. Now that video games are ninety dollars now. There's they're they're eighty nine ninety nine, like period. Yes. No. Like exactly. That's the new price point, and it snuck up on people. And once upon a time, somebody said, "Well, fifty nine ninety nine is a whole lot," but I have it, and look where we are. Exactly. That that and that. The, the the extra like add on like items would be some kind of a value proposition, but right. They're now, they've now conditioned you to not expect the whole product unless you pay a premium. And yeah, you, you know, you can pay an, outra- an outlandish price now for this extra, co- quote unquote, extra content or pay even more later. Or, and I'll go back to this, you can wait a year and buy the Game of the Year edition for like nineteen ninety nine and get fucking everything ever made. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. If, if you can... If you can not have it now, which is with a backlog like mine is becoming more and more of a possibility. Yeah, you can save a ton of money. I, I didn't even mention this. That Tomb Raider game I mentioned during my update, I got like the definitive edition with like all of the crap that I, I, I don't, I think all the crap, but anyway, it had a bunch of extra junk that I presume they made you pay for it sometime. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was 20 bucks. I got it for 20 bucks at Best Buy. <laughs> and then I applied my gamer club. So it was even cheaper. It, pay, it definitely pays to wait if you can, which doesn't help with things like the Switch that somebody wants for Christmas or the Wii back when that was the case or, well, another awful egregious example that I'm sure you're rare. You're just chomping at the bit to cite, Brian. I, I, I'll, I will say it again. If I walk into a store and see an NES classic for $59.99 tomorrow, I'm snapping it up. No questions asked. Nintendo, there's a sale waiting for you. Right. At fifty nine ninety nine. I would pay Nintendo seventy nine ninety nine. Sure. They can mark it up because oh well, you know, we have to use new negotiations and they, they can raise the price as long as that's the MSRP. I'm not paying some scumbag who, you know, knows somebody who works at Target and buys them all and resells them on on eBay or Craigslist or anything like that. Like, raise your price if you really want to make that much Nintendo. That's fine, but I'm not. I'm not scalping it. I'm not scalping something that should you should just make more of. It's a fucking video game system. How did you not know you would need a bunch? Yeah, that baffles me. That really baffles me. In the case of this, like NES Classic. Okay, in the case of the Switch, this is their new generation of console. So you know they're going to make more eventually. They just don't have the, like, their production just isn't keeping up with demand. Okay, that's a problem too, but that's a different problem. This NES Classic, they put out a limited run. It was a runaway hit, and their response was, okay, we're done. (laughs) Instead of, oh my God, let's print more money. I've said this before too, especially with the audience, because most people who want an NES Classic are technology enthusiasts, are a little DIY themselves, are probably pretty tech savvy. 
You either sell me one, and again, I'll, the the increased like new improved price point seventy nine ninety nine, or I'll buy a Raspberry Pi for five bucks and download every game you've ever made. <laughs> right there, there's definitely the uh, freeware version available, with, and you can even like three D print like an NES enclosure for it, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you can. I mean, if you can't, you're like we'll put up a file tonight. I mean, that's not rocket science. Yeah, and, and like that's what kills me. Like in an age where you can get, you can build your own. Uh, device like for next to nothing that does the same thing people love your products and your brand so much they're still willing to pay a not insubstantial price for this thing that plays games they've probably bought 26 times over the years already on all the various virtual consoles and what and collections and what have you that have come out and as a reward for their loyalty and their enthusiasm for your brand you're just basically you give them the Mario finger <laughs> and say, we're done. You don't get one now unless you want to pay the scummy scalper, you know, $300. Uh, that's shitty. That's like really shitty. That's consumer abusive. Yes. And Cam's not here. Do you, do you recall, did he ever get his NES classic that he was so gung-ho to get? Like, did he? No, I don't think he did, man. He also would not pay the outlandish markup, I think, right? Right. Like, I mean, they're like still $200, $300. That's and that's only going to go up because there actually aren't any more now. That's insane, man. I get that they're done and like the few people that have them now can in their mind command more. But do you really need it at that point? Like I, this is another like this is such an obvious to me vote with your dollars thing. If you're an obsessive Nintendo collector and you have to have everything, make this the thing you don't have to have. Because that person shouldn't be able to get $300 for it. That's not cool. E- even worse than somebody scalping it for $300 though is Unless you vote now with your dollars, Nintendo's just going to do it again. Right. So they're doing the Super NES Classic now, right? Yeah. All 50,000 copies of it. Is there already an indication that this is going to be limited edition too? Have they announced as much? or? I guess they never really announce it. But, I mean, anyone who's ever bought a Nintendo product knows. <sighs> That's just crappy, man. Like, they ought to meet demand with this. And then when demand slacks off do another run of the NES classic. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if they just have one factory that can make these things or something or what the deal is, but dude, if you ever in your life heard of like every VCR everywhere being sold out or every <laughs> Blu-ray player, I'm sorry, we're out of Blu-ray players. No. There aren't no more. No, <laughs> no I have not. It's crazy, <laughs> dude. But the thing I don't understand about this, whatever you want to call it, this, this strategy of Nintendo's is, in the case of an, a, another company who I love, but whose practices I sometimes question, Disney, they create an artificial scarcity by taking movies out of circulation. They put them in this Disney vault, as they call it, or whatever. So you better get your copy of Cinderella now, or you're going to have to wait like 10 years or whatever until we we bring it out of the vault again. Um, not a uh, practice that I find palatable, but when it comes out of the vault, they'll just sell it for like the going rate of a Blu-ray or whatever. And I'll just pay that price. They're not going to be like $90 or you'll never get it. You know what I mean? At least to my knowledge. But I at least appreciate that they have a strategy there. They want people to value their products. So they want to make them hard to find. Okay. I don't like it, but I get why they're doing it. What is Nintendo's gain in not selling this thing that people want? Uh, it allows the it allows the scummy scalper who basically stole your console from you to extract a a massive uh, markup from you. But what does Nintendo gain at all from doing that? I guess like brand identity, like brand value. I mean, they've they've done this since like 89. (laughs) Right. So it clearly 
works for them. Maybe because, I, and you know, I was just complimenting them a couple of weeks ago about this. Maybe because they are happy with the revenue they get. They don't feel the need to squeeze more or whatever. Like, they just consider this like, oh, people really want our product. That is that some kind of win? I, I don't see how. I, ha I have to, like... It's like a weird Japanese fetish thing. <laughs> that, that You might be onto something. It might be some kind of a, like, yeah, like the board members, like, they get off on denying their customers what they want. <laughs> But assuming that in spite of that fetish, like at a certain point, there's a board of directors and they're, they're supposed to be like doing right by the shareholders. How do you justify, and maybe this is what we're missing some secret sauce here that makes total sense from an investor, you know, and a return on investment perspective. How do you justify like, yeah, we have this like super hot in demand product. We're not going to sell anymore. Like what? <laughs> Why? While we are talking about weird things that Nintendo does. I, I will go back to Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go is probably the most talked about Pokemon game in the last five years? Mm. Maybe ten years? I mean, it was really big last summer, and it might be pretty big again. There are a lot of users. Nintendo doesn't even make it! <laughs> right, right. Like, how could they not have made more off of it just doing it themselves? Eh, we'll let this company no one's ever heard of just take our biggest property. <laughs> I'm assuming like Nintendo and the Pokemon Corporation, who are like, I guess, both part owners in that brand, just get a cut of like that company's revenue or, or, or profit or however that works, right? I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm sure they pay a license, you know? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm not actually sure. Is it just goodwill of some kind? Well, like why they would allow this company to do it, you mean, or? Well, yeah, like like why they would allow to do that and why would they would allow scalpers to like oh. know, triple the, the MSRP of their products. See, our products are out there. People are talking about them. I think in the case of Pokemon Go, and I have no explanation for your other question about <laughs> why they allow scalpers to like sully their brand name. But I think in the case of Pokemon Go, the company that, created it already had another game out there that more or less had the same guts and was proven to, to run well and had a, had a degree of success. So it was like almost a no brainer to be like, yeah, so why don't we just throw a Pokemon skin on this and then clean up? I'm like, but okay, Tom, you're Nintendo. How do you not just buy that company? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand that at all. <laughs> That's a, that is a great question. Uh, Maybe acquisitions aren't a thing in Japan. Have you heard of like a lot of big video game acquisitions uh, coming out of Japan? Because I haven't like. No, I guess not, actually. Like, why hasn't Nintendo bought Sega, right? You know, they were arch rivals and now they have a chance to like own all that, you know, especially when Sega was in, in rough shape. You know, why didn't Nintendo just move in for the kill and like, you know, take over? Uh, I'm not sure that might be a cultural thing too, but yeah, it's, you, but I don't understand. I really don't understand a lot about them. They, they seem to be okay with having their brand represented outside by outside affiliated entities. And they're totally fine with like not producing enough things that people want. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess the only theory that I can come up with is maybe 
like they have a contract with like one factory in in china or something and the factory's like listen we can make the nes classic or we can make the switch and they're both like selling like gangbusters but you have to choose and they made the decision like well let's just go with switch because that's our you know that's our flagship product um maybe i mean you think that's like remotely possible I guess. I mean, I do hear that the factories in China run 24-7. So if you don't have the runtime, they just sell it to someone else. But like I said earlier, it's a video game system. You know you're going to need a couple million? <laughs> yeah. I think they had modest uh, goals with the NES Classic. It was like a an offshoot product or whatever, or maybe even a one-off in their minds. And when it when it took off, they were just like, they didn't want it to steal attention or market share or manufacturing resources or something from the switch. That, that's really the only thing I can come up with is that, sorry, we're, we're the switch company. We're focusing on our console and our handheld. And this thing was a cool little one-off and we'll do a follow-up, but we are not interested in <laughs> again, printing money with it. We want to print money with this other thing instead. <laughs> that still doesn't make sense. Like Chevrolet doesn't put out a new sedan and then yeah, and have it sell well and then stop producing the, the SUV that's selling well, right? That's not like a thing that they do. I don't I don't think it is. <laughs> exactly. Now I we'll we'll see. We'll have to reconvene on this because the Super NES Classic has a game that was never released. The Star Fox 2 or something? Star Fox 2 was never produced. Ah. So they should understand that every 45-year-old male in the U.S. is going to buy this. <laughs> right. So this was a finished game in the can that they just never released, or did they like kind of finish it for this system? No, I think it was done. I think it was like all set to go, and they just like, 16-bit, who cares? Oh, they were like, N64 time, screw this. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Yeah, I, I kind of want to get it just to play that myself, but I seriously don't want to like battle my way through long lines in order to... I'm not scalping it, man. Well, yeah, that too. I, I don't want to try to get one and go through all that like frenzy and then not get it and then like still want it and then be tempted even to deal with some nasty scalper. First Raspberry Pi ad I see. <laughs> Solving this problem on my own. Yeah, it can also be had that way, I'm sure. I don't get it, man. I... Maybe uh, we don't have the keen minds of these masters of industry, which is why instead of uh, being masters of industry, we are masters of podcasting. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'll give them credit where it's due. It, it, it works somehow. I mean, I... yeah, Nintendo and others seem to be doing all right in spite of the way they treat the consumer. And maybe the consumer's penchant for consumption overrides even uh, even lousy behavior on behalf of producers. So. Rewards it even. Stop paying $99. Well, uh, you know, I'll be accurate. Stop paying $89 for every new video game. Yeah, yeah. Vote with your dollars. And that's pretty much our advice. Like, if you find if you find a practice objectionable, don't go on Reddit and vent your frustration. Well, feel free to go on Reddit and vent your frustration. And then don't participate. And the producers of goods and services that you like will respond because they want to sell you things. But if you reward the behavior, don't be surprised when they like continue to behave that way, right? Yeah. Season passes will be every six months and another year or so. <laughs> yeah, like literally like the, the four seasons, season passes, yeah. Yeah. Wait, isn't that what a season pass is? Or is it, one, is it a yearly thing? It's a year, I think. No. Yeah, but now you'll need a new pass for every season. 
Yeah, it'll be like a quarterly pass. <laughs> right. No, you didn't buy the premium super season pass. <laughs> you don't yeah. get the new characters. You only get the new stages. <laughs> the disc just stops working if you don't get the new season pass. How's that? Right. Anyway, don't stand for it. Don't vote for it. Don't pay for it. And just kind of stand your ground. Exercise that power if it really bothers you. Otherwise, you know, shut up and pay the scalper or do without or pay the outlandish price. Well, I, I do think there's another option. Like, we just got to take back control. We just got to get enough people on board. Oh, and have them collectively spend according yeah. to their wishes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even if you've got the 90 bucks, that's not a fair price for a video game, dude. <laughs> no. Not a fair price for a shitty COD sequel. I, I agree. The development's been paid off five or six times. And we reward it with our dollars. And that's that has to stop. So hopefully I'll take away from this episode uh, a call to action, maybe, <laughs> or a call to inaction. I think that I think that's pretty much all we can do is try to uh, try to convince people to consume more discerningly, right? Yeah. All right. Cool. I think we. Uh, well, there's no shortage of content coming from us. We do not. We shit it out every week. <laughs> we do, yeah. So there's no artificial scarcity <laughs> coming from. <laughs> there's no artificial scarcity coming from us. So, Brian, anything else before we wrap this one up? No, no. Okay, then by way of closing things out, I will remind our listeners that there is a special limited edition episode offered every week of the Nerd Travaganza podcast, and it's available only through iTunes, the podcast app on your iPhone, uh, Google Play Music uh, if you're on an Android device, uh, Stitcher, and probably dozens of outlets that I'm not even mentioning. So whatever your preference is for consuming our podcast, just make sure that you consume it and buy every season pass we put out. Each venue is slightly different, so download them all. <laughs> like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, add us to your Google circle, and the first 500 people may join the Nerd Extravaganza HQ group on Facebook. No more, no, no one after that. Tapping the sides. <laughs> Purchases of our gold tier season pass can enjoy exclusive access to our YouTube channel, that's Nerd Extravaganza on YouTube, and as well are invited to participate in an exclusive interactive experience on our website, nerdstravaganza.com. In addition, we will actually respond to emails for our top tier season pass holders, which of course can be sent to nerdstravaganza at gmail.com. And with that said, for our exclusive subscribers, Brian will now take us out of here. It's a me, a Horio. <laughs> Horio, that's great. <laughs> <laughs>